I'm Brandon. I'm the father of two beautiful girls. And recently I looked around my house and saw that it was full of rainbows and unicorns and mermaids. That's when I realized that this is my daughter's world and I'm just living in it. What's up, Girl Dads? We are here with Joey again, who has been on the show once already. Uh, I'm hopefully able to call him friend of the show. Uh, he's kind of our becoming our nutritional, physical health coach professional here for for uh, Dad and a Daughter's World. So, Joey, thanks for being here with me again, man. I'm I'm excited for this one, dude. Totally my pleasure. Absolutely a friend of the show, and I'm truly grateful you uh, you're willing to have me back on a second time, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I started uh, last week with kind of going through my health journey, uh, which was kind of all of 2022. I mean, it's still going, obviously. It's one of those things that never stops. But I've kind of been processing, because it's a new year, right? This is just kind of the time in which we all reevaluate, and health is always at the top of everybody's mind. Um, And so I kind of wanted to go through my journey, and hopefully that would help somebody else with theirs, because uh, having with having gotten a coach and done a lot of this stuff, like there were things that I didn't think I would, I would deal with. And one of the biggest ones that I think took, I think it took like six months was my coach worked on my identity, um, which is something that I didn't think that he would work on. I thought he would be having me do push up. Now I was doing push ups. Don't get me wrong. Like I was doing exercises, but that wasn't, didn't seem to be the main focus. It wasn't the goal. It seemed to be like he was really working on, the identity. And I wanted to see if that was something that you saw too. in like a lot of your, your client, cause you said most of your clients are parents. Like, is that something that a consistent theme that you see? Oh, for sure, man. And, and yeah, to be clear that the majority of the individuals that I work with kind of can be categorized as your, your busy, high achieving professional mom and dad uh, with way too much on their plate who over the years have let their health become the thing that falls by the wayside. And so that being said, um, when you talk about identity, man, I love it. It sounds like you're working with a great coach. And for, first off, man, having been friends with you a long time now, um, but not living anywhere nearby you now. So most of our communication <laughs> is via Instagram. Right. Uh, I just want to applaud you because you have truly turned things around in the past year. Your physical and apparently mental transformation are very visible, man. And I'm proud of you. And I'm, I'm just, it's awesome. Inspirational. Thanks, so. Good job, dude. And whoever your coach is, kudos to him because he's clearly giving you some good things to to do to to carry along that path. But that being said, when you talk identity, a hundred percent, man. Um, something that frustrates me in in the space, and and you hear a lot of fitness professionals make note of this, is is the whole idea of the quick fix. Mm. Uh, the problem is, man, wherever you were a year ago when you decided you needed to make a change. You didn't get there in three months, would be my guess. Right. You probably didn't get there in six months. It probably took you years of compounding decisions toward that outcome to result in you looking in the mirror one day and being like, holy cow, who am I? How did this happen? Right. I need to make a change. Yeah. So and it's not, it's not always really quick. Sorry to interrupt. It's not always a bad thing. To, like it wasn't like, I'm like, oh, I hate myself. It was a lot of it was. Hey, I love my daughters. And so I'm choosing to stay up with them rather than take care of myself, right? Like with parents, you can make these decisions that kind of are self-sacrificial, but they can have a negative impact over a long run. And we view it as a zero sum game. 
Right. That's the, that's the trouble. You Excellent know, point. when we're a busy parent, we've got a job, we've got the two or three kids, we've got the extracurricular activities, dinners to cook, laundry to do, a house mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. It's a zero sum game. Something's got to give. Yep. I'm going to choose hanging out with my kids instead of choosing to take care of myself yep. because I can only do one or the other and I want to be there for my kids. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about identities, we have to work to rebuild that identity and that whole idea of it being a zero sum game, because by yeah. virtue of making that decision over and over and over again, we very well may be creating a situation where we're not going to be able to be as present for our kids as we want to be yeah. simply by virtue of the fact that we're, we're going to have low energy, right. we're going to feel lousy, we're going to be more irritable because we're not taking care of ourselves because we don't take passion in the things that we love to go do too. Mm. So we have to start deconstructing that mindset towards one of in order to be the most present for my kids that I possibly can be, I have to be present for myself. It's not a zero sum game. On the contrary, these two things amalgamate into a really great outcome. If I can figure out how to put them together in a productive way relative to my schedule. Man, that's, uh, that's huge. And, and it's interesting too, because like you were saying is that it doesn't, it's not something that happens overnight. Right. Like, so like you, you made that decision to hang out with your kids on Monday night. You didn't um, automatically become somebody who gained 50 pounds. Right. Like, (laughs) like it's something that took a lot, like you said, it was taking a lot of time. And when you make those decisions, you're kind of creating habits. Right. And so like you're, what you don't realize is that there's something that your kids, your kids are demanding, right? Kids are demanding. They want your attention all the time. And so like we then kind of have these internal habits where we respond in a certain way and it's going to be to neglect ourselves and to give here. And like you said, even if it takes us all the way until we're empty and then we're frustrated and for us dads or for me as a dad specifically, I get angry when I don't have any energy. Right. And so then, you know, my youngest who, who talks at a million words a minute, you know, like I get short with her and it Mm -hmm. sucks for her because like, I didn't have my, my, 50 minute walk that helps me reset and rejuvenate and gets my energy back up. So then I can be present for it. So it's interesting how we make these decisions that we think we're doing something good, but kind of is a downward spiral more than an upward spiral. A hundred percent. And it's, it's interesting what you just said, because I, what you just described to me is something that anybody who's ever worked with me has heard me talk about. And it's something called a habit loop. A habits loop is characterized by three principles, something that triggers you, your reaction to that trigger, and then the outcome to mm-hmm. that reaction. Now, this mm-hmm. is neither good nor bad as a definitional term. Habit just is. Trigger, reaction, outcome. It just is. The thing is, is that we all have them, good mm-hmm. or bad. Some right. of our habit loops are good. Our alarm goes off, trigger, reaction. I wake up and I make it to work on time. Outcome, I can pay my mortgage. That's a positive habit loop, right? Right, but right. what you just described might not be such a positive habit loop. Trigger, I didn't take care of myself. React or sorry, trigger. My my daughter is a little overzealous today and I haven't taken care of myself. Reaction, I snap and get angry. Outcome, mm-hmm. my daughter feels really bad by no fault of her own, and I feel bad because I just put something on my daughter that she didn't need to carry. Yeah. So the thing that we work on, and this goes back to the identity, I'm I'm actually going somewhere with this, is that I, I said a habit loop is defined by three principles: a trigger, a reaction, and an outcome. But I challenge my clients to add a fourth layer to that. And what that fourth layer is, is the insertion of a thought between the triggering mechanism and the reaction. Mm. Because 
you're you're describing it as though this is a conscious process, but it's truly in most cases not. Right. You probably didn't consciously decide in that moment, I'm going to get mad at my kid. I'm going to do that and then act upon it. Who would ever do that? If we're angry or doing something that we know is a, an undesirable behavior, there's a solid chance that that behavior is controlling us more so than us controlling that behavior. Yep. So building the ability to view and perceive our triggers ahead of time gives us the chance to have that conscious thought before they take hold of us so we potentially can react in a different way or at a minimum do a, a post-mortem self-evaluation to change something in the future so that that same situation won't result in the same reaction. Yeah. So quick little story here. Like I, I one of the jokes that I used to have is, so like at our family gatherings, we do kind of buffet style where everybody brings, you know, potluck. It's a big potluck and it, it, it's the fantastic, but it was one <laughs> of those things where like, I knew I was going to overeat, right? Like there was, there was food. I knew I was going to overeat. And so like, I would insert this thought in the middle and it would be like a self deprecating joke. And which my joke was always like, don't get in front of the fat kid at a buffet line. Right. And so like, it was just kind of like one of those social jokes that I did to kind of ease my own self guilt for what I was about so to take in a story about who you are. If you want. Right. To... Right. And so what it did is it built a story about myself that I was a fat kid and that, that kind of became ingrained in my identity, right? And so it was interesting how inserting a thought in between like triggers and actions can be positive or negative. And then how that builds up in us over time. And then we start to believe that about ourselves. And, and that's how we get to these, these situations that we're not happy with. Oh, and, man. You know, like, and it, that was really interesting to me because like, I had a friend, I sat down with coffee with her at Christmas time. And she's like, you know what? Like, I've really noticed that you don't call yourself the fat kid anymore, which is really like one of those. It was a joke that I used all the time. And I was like, you know what? Like, I've had a couple of people. You were one of them. You and my coach both said, hey, stop being self-deprecating. Stop saying these things about yourself. You know, like that's bull crap. And I was like, oh, God, OK, well, I guess I'll stop doing that. And that small phrase that I used to say about myself, just kind of just removing it from my language or taking that thought out stop change the story about myself and then i could start start building up instead of having like this trap door that i kept falling through like i closed the trap door and then you can just go up so like i kind of want to talk about that too is like how do we how do we change that story how do we rebuild our identity how do we move from being self-deprecating to to body positive whatever the phrases are right like <laughs> from tearing ourselves down to building ourselves up so that we're we're making progress instead of constantly shooting ourselves in the foot. I, Cause that's what the up and down the yo-yo diets, right? Like when you binge and purge, like you, you're like, Oh, I'm super fit for three months. And then you crash and burn super. Fit. Mm -hmm. That's because you, you shot yourself in the foot because there's some story that you're telling yourself and or not telling yourself or not telling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's how do we problem. get to that point to rebuilding the to story? You, when you're consistently saying things like, you know, making jokes about yourself, the self-deprecating comments, the I'm the fat kid, you know, these kind of jokes, you are telling yourself a story 100%. And, mm -hmm. I, I, this, and I, I say you, but ultimately there's there's all a us. large number of people out there I know who who have similar vocabulary about themselves. And you are also in that very same moment not telling yourself a story that could be equally true. I might be heavier than I want to be now. And I am somebody who can commit myself to a plan and stick to it. 
and mm-hmm. I am somebody who can change, and I am somebody who can grow, and I am somebody who doesn't have to do the things I used to do if they're not serving me. These are all stories that we tell ourselves. Now, that's kind of innocuous, like, okay, mm-hmm. Joey, so what am I supposed to get in by telling myself a different story? Yeah. Yes, but there's kind, actually but kind there's of actually, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know that I'm gonna go self affirmations in because, like, I never yeah, self affirmations right. didn't really work but, for me because I felt like I was lying to myself. But that there's a level element of truth to it. It's the story that you're telling yourself that dictates what you're gonna go do in a given day. If you mm-hmm. continually tell yourself, "There's no way I could quit drinking. There's no way I could go on a walk every day. I'm too busy. There's no way I could, you know, not have." A, a big fatty lunch with my colleagues every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at work. There's just no way I could do that. Those are stories that we're telling ourselves that, I mean, quite frankly, are simply not true. Right. So where where it starts, and I, I hear you on the whole, you know, self-affirmation BS, like we don't want to get too much into, into you know, um, just, you know, we're not, we're not motivational speakers here, but ultimately what it does come down to is starting to build a new identity with the smallest possible story that you can tell that would give you a win. Yes. That's what it comes down to. I like that. And you just said it, you know, like just by virtue of stopping telling yourself the story of I'm the fat kid in the buffet line, suddenly your entire mind flipped a switch about who you were because you're changing your, your, your neurochemistry. When you tell yourself that story, you're convincing yourself of that. So taking the smallest possible step towards telling yourself the story of, I am somebody who can take one plate at the buffet line, go enjoy it mindfully, and then stop. Or maybe it's, you know, something that I'm a huge proponent of is, uh, is movement, particularly mm-hmm. in the form of walking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that you were talking about the, the three-month, you know, fad diet or three months to shredded, you know, fat loss program that so many people find them on, especially this time of year, you know, it's mm-hmm. Two weeks after the new year, as we record this particular episode, and you know that so we're in the middle of high time for fitness professionals to take advantage of every new year's. This is when they get paid. Yep. This is when they get paid. But the reality of it is, is we all know how that goes. That's a self-perpetuating cycle. You know, New Year's resolution hits. Yep. Crazy fad diet. You know, seller shows up, sells the program. Person sticks to it for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Ultimately, falls off of it because it's all or nothing. They've done nothing to change their identity or identify why on earth it is they're doing this in the first place. Besides that, they just want to get thin, and it it doesn't work out. So instead of doing that, going back to the identity, why don't we take the smallest possible action that we can take today? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know how much you want me to go into the science to fat loss, et cetera, in this conversation. I'm happy to do it, but to keep it right, yep, sort of, yep, sort of basic for now. Ultimately, what matters most when we're starting from zero is that we do something. Yeah. You know, if we're starting from nothing, something is going to be better. It doesn't have to be a five mile run. It doesn't have to be brutal cardio Mm -hmm. and the latest, you know, big box gym. It can be as simple as a walk around your block. So tell the story again. Maybe I'm just going to be somebody who goes and moves every day purposefully. Right. Even if it's for five minutes, a walk around the block. Right. I am somebody who moves every day. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do? What what further chapters are going to come behind that? Ultimately, the moment we get out there, I mean, we know what's going to happen. You know, because you've experienced it. You you, you shared with me your your journey and how how valuable just getting out and walking every day has become for you. 
you know, from a mental perspective, yep. not to and obviously the fat loss that comes with it as well. You're not going to go for five minutes. You're going to experience the benefit of it. And that's going to turn into six. It's going to turn mm -hmm. into seven minutes. The next thing you know, you're going to be walking around the block twice, walking a mile. And suddenly that smallest story of I'm somebody who moves every day has turned into something bigger and better that turns you ultimately into the person that you potentially want to become. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you're kind of unaware of the, the changes that happen, I, I think, because for me, so I'll speak to me specifically, like I was so focused on being the guy that just shows up, right? Like not every, like the workouts were hard when I started. Um, I had a lot of not in, not like bad injuries, but like I, my, the small muscles were weak. So like I would tweak a wrist when doing my pushups wrong, or like my form was bad, you know, like, so like the little small muscles would get hurt a lot when I first started out. And like, it was frustrating because like, I felt like I was supposed to be somebody who could just like get back into the gym. Like I was that guy who would go to the gym on their first day back and then like black out because like I overdid it because I thought right. I was still 18. <laughs> um, and so like, it was crazy. Like I was just so focused on showing up and then I would, I would tell my coach, be like, Hey man, this workout just sucked. Like I, I didn't feel good the whole time. And he's like, and I was like, but I showed up and he's like, that's victory. You know, like his language is very different than my language, mm -hmm. but, but mm -hmm. it is like, that was, that's a win because what matters is that you show up every, you're the type of person who shows up and you're like, man, you know what? And then what I started to see is that like, I kept the commitment to myself and then that kind of That's made me, it kind of made me believe in myself. And so instead of believing that I was a feckit, I started to believe that I was somebody, at least I knew that I was somebody who could show up. I didn't know, I didn't believe that I was somebody who could have a six pack or something, which I don't, but like, I didn't believe that like I was going to go start competitions, <laughs> but I was somebody who I now believed that if I committed to showing up, I knew I could show up. And that, that switch was a big, a small but it was a big deal. That that's great, man. That's that's powerful stuff. And there's one of my favorite authors, one of the people who's been most most uh, influential on on my journey and how I formulate my coaching ideas and and help others form the habits that are going to you know serve them long term is James Clear, Atomic Habits. Yep. And he's got this idea that I just absolutely love, and it's the idea of, of you're casting votes. Yep. Every single day, every single decision you make, you're casting a vote one way or the other for the type of person that you're going to be. If you decide to show up to the gym today, even if it's for 10 minutes, you're casting a vote towards being the person who shows up to the gym. Yeah. If you decide to skip the gym today, even though you had a workout scheduled, you're casting a vote towards being somebody who skips workouts. Yep. Now, you're not going to be perfect all the time. Like right. We need to be clear on that. I'm sure you've experienced that. Um, and anybody who tells me they've been perfect all the time, I would challenge and say they're not being truthful because we're all going to slip up. We're going to get mm -hmm. tired. We're going to have something come up. We're going to get injured or sick or, you know, kid gets called in early from school or whatever. Right. We're going to miss a workout here and there. We're going to miss a healthy meal here and there. But the truth of the matter is the more votes that we can cast towards that version of ourselves that we're trying to become. Even if it's the tiniest boat, man, this does not have to be big stuff. This does not have yeah. to be I went and crushed an hour CrossFit workout right. and followed up with a five-mile run on the treadmill. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Casting the smallest possible boat of being somebody who shows up, as you just said, yeah, is a win. It's creating a new story. And as in yeah. any election, man, the more votes you cast towards the direction that you want the things to swing, yeah. the more likely it's going to swing that way. Yeah, so 51%. That's all you need for the 
for the scale to just go that direction is 1% difference, right? From 50 to 51%, boom, it's different. You're on that. And we all know what happens when a scale hits its tipping point. Something gets a heck of a lot easier to keep pushing one side down and the other side up. Yeah, so So we have to overcome that hump. And it starts with those tiny little votes, man. Yeah. And and I... And I think as we as we kind of wrap up, like one of the things that that again, my coach and we were, we were talking about before we started here was that it's not going to happen overnight. So like having real expectations, you know, like it took took me multiple years to get to the point where I believed I was the fat kid, right? Is by saying it to myself over and over and over again over a period of five, ten years, like you're not going to break that identity and go back to being a positive self help person in your. Th- 30 day fat blast program, right? Like this deep work takes almost as much time to deconstruct as it took you to reconstruct or to, to construct. I think it's a real pain point for a lot of people getting started on their journey, especially if they hire a coach worth their weight, because any coach worth their weight should be having these conversations with their clients. Yeah. If you're walking in on day one and you're just getting assigned a macronutrient plan and a workout plan, then you, you can go find that online for $9.99 for some, from some app. Yep. A coach is yep. there to help you identify why you're here in the first place. Yep. A coach is here to help you answer the question of why you weren't doing what you probably already knew you should be doing. So, you know, to, to take that a step further, it's, as you just said, you, you don't get anywhere in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's data to support the fact, for instance, this is a great time of year to have this conversation that we're at the beginning of the new year right now. Between the months of October and December, there's data to support the fact that many adults gain half a pound to roughly two pounds in that that time frame. And come the following year, they haven't lost it, but yet they'll gain another half a pound to two pounds. Now, when you're 20-something years old, gaining a pound or two isn't that big a deal. But now we continue that cycle for 10, 15, 20 years, and we're in our late 30s, early 40s, and suddenly we're carrying 30, 40 extra pounds of body fat. And we look in the mirror and we say, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. That took 10, 15 years of gaining half a pound every Christmas. Yeah. So now we want to deconstruct that in three months with some fat blast program without actually asking the question of why was I somebody who was willing to to gain that weight and never never do the work to lose it? Yeah. It's going to take time. We have to deconstruct that. Yep. And that's okay. That's part of the process. But something that I challenge anybody just getting started on their journey, anybody I would say, it's not uncommon to not see immediate results on the scale in the first couple of months. Right. Took me Maybe six months. The first half a year. Yep. Truthfully, Took me six months. Yep. We, we request one year packages from our clients largely for that reason, because oftentimes yeah. the first three to six months are simply having conversations about who you are, who you want to be. What's the gap between who you are now and who you want to be? What would that person have done to have gotten to yeah. the place that you want to be? The deep work the deep work that will actually get you to show up for yourself. Yeah. And then from there on, I mean, the sky's yeah. the limit. Once that work's done, man, we can put a plan in place. As we said, the tipping point of those scales and you'll just start seeing the outcomes come like nobody's business. Yeah. But that yeah. deep work is where it starts. I agree. So there was a lot of awesome stuff that, that you dropped on us, man. And I hope everybody goes back and takes some notes on us. But like, if I was going to distill it down into a simple thing, I feel like I would be like, Pick a small commitment, like a micro small, like like something that you're laughing at and you might think is stupid small. Like 
I'm going to intentionally move every day, even if that just means like I'm going to walk up and down the stairs one time, like some sort of intentional movement and just do it every day and cast the vote to being somebody who it moves every day, like start something micro stack wins, cast the vote for the person you want to be. And then like, you're going to find that a lot of this other stuff results from it, from something like that. The rabbit hole is very, very deep, man. And I, I like, I like your distillation of the topic and you are 100% on point. I would just say that if you ask yourself, what's the action I'm going to take from this, however small it is, I would challenge you to make it so small that you're 99% sure that there's mm-hmm. absolutely no way you could fail at doing that. Thing. Yes. Yes. 99% go, go that small. That you can do it every single day without fail and yes. grow from there. I love that. Don't be afraid to take a really long time to get where you want to be because Mm -hmm. wherever you want to be, it's a journey to get there. That's the whole point. That's fantastic. That is the encouragement that I think we needed to hear. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate you, man. Why don't you tell everybody where to find you? Like your stuff is awesome. Joey does like a daily unsolicited advice, which I love. Like it's a, it's a bunch of good stuff on the deep work that we got to do. So definitely go follow Joey, listen to his stuff. Uh, Where do they find you, bud? Oh, appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's uh, I'm just all the socials. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, it's all at Joey Solowitz. Solowitz is spelled S-Z-O-L-O-W-I-C-Z. Uh, and then I coach exclusively through a company called BSL Nutrition. So you can look up at BSL Nutrition on any of the socials as well. And uh, definitely reach out to us and follow along if you just want some some tips along the way. We're here for you. Right on. Appreciate that, Joey. Thank you, man. All right, dads, go get the healthy life. Thank you for listening, folks. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with all those girl dads you know. I just want to give one last quick shout out to Inkledo. Thank you for making this podcast possible. Uh, I encourage all of you to please go get some of their delicious coffee or join into one of their meaningful conversations. You can find Inkledo podcast everywhere that podcasts are streamed.